Well, you'd be forgiven for wondering if there's actually an election campaign underway in New South Wales. That's because unlike federal parliament, election terms in New South Wales are fixed. So there tend to be well, little fanfare when campaigns begin. Uh, but that's not to say there haven't been the headlines from controversies to tight polls. This election, at least according to media reports, could lead to a hung parliament. We've heard that one before. Alexandra Smith is the state political editor for the Sydney Morning Herald. Welcome to you, Alexandra. What are the latest polls telling you? Well, not surprisingly, with only a little over three weeks to go, there's been a run of polls this week and they've been slightly different. Um, The Sydney Morning Herald ran a poll this morning which had Labor in a pretty strong position uh, based on its primary vote of 38% um, compared to the coalitions of 32%, which would put Labor in majority government. A lot of people have long been talking, as you mentioned, about whether either side would actually be able to get there in a majority because it's going to be so tight. And I think some earlier polls through the week, both news poll and Freshwater, which was published by the Australian Financial Review, perhaps uh, suggested it was slightly closer than our poll suggested. In fact, I think in news poll, the coalition perhaps was just a tiny little bit ahead. But um, regardless, across all the three polls, it's clear it's going to be very tight and it could come down very much to one or two seats. And then it could also come down to which independents would um, offer their support to either party or either as a coalition or Labor to form a majority government. In a world where social media dominates, optics are pretty much everything, especially at this late stage of the campaign. How hard is Chris Minns trying to tap into this? I mean, when you consider his presence alongside the, uh, the, the Prime Minister at the Mardi Gras on Saturday night, not to mention some recent events with interstate Labor premiers, he's fond of going jogging with South Australia's Peter Malinau, But is anyone noticing? Is this helping, do you think? Well, I think it's always very hard for an opposition leader to get more airtime, whether it be in mainstream media or even, I suppose, probably on social media, because, you know, the incumbent always has the... um, the situation of getting on the the nightly news more often. And so it's a lot harder for um, the opposition leaders, whether they're federal or any other state, uh, to get noticed. What I thought was quite interesting in um, our polling, and we poll quite regularly on state issues, um, is that there isn't a huge amount of difference between the preferred Premier rating between the two men. Um Dominic Perrottet, the Premier, is ahead, but only by a few percentage points. So what that says to me is, for a start, perhaps Perrottet isn't as popular as you may expect an incumbent to be, but also probably that Labor leader Chris Minns is catching up to him and getting himself out there more, whether it is, as I said, through you know, mainstream media, newspapers, TV, radio, that type of thing, or social media, which obviously parties increasingly use to engage voters because one thing we do know is that there is still a lot of undecided voters heading into this election. And, you know, a lot of those people aren't engaged in in mainstream media and it's really hard to get your message across to those people. So social media is being used by you know, all parties increasingly to try and capture those voters who just wouldn't normally tune in to politics. The independent Teal candidates made, well, no impact in the Victorian state elections. Uh, There's been a lot of column inches written about, uh, you know, spending caps and that uh, being overturned in New South Wales. Uh, Not one in Victoria managed to secure a seat. How are they tracking at the moment in this election? 
Well, I think very early in the piece, there was a feeling in New South Wales that perhaps there could be somewhat of a teal wave like we saw at the federal election. Obviously, because uh, in Victoria, there was a Labor government in New South Wales, obviously a Liberal government. So you would expect that perhaps a teal would do do better against a coalition government like we saw federally. Although I think there are some key differences in New South Wales. Um, mainly the leader here probably wasn't as personally disliked as the Prime Minister was going into the federal poll. Uh, the New South Wales government has been seen to be quite strong on climate change and we don't have the other sort of big issues that really dominate for the Teals federally around integrity. Uh, yeah, that is an interesting said, point because mm. I had Simon Holmes at court on the program last week and comparing the pair when you've got federal and state elections, not only does New South Wales have a state integrity body, which is a big issue for Teals, the other plank, as you said, was climate change. So that might go some way to neutralising the appeal of the Teals in New South Wales. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think while there are some sort of significant environmental issues that New South Wales still faces, it's just not the same kind of visceral issue, you know, that we saw federally. So I think it will be harder for the the Teals in New South Wales. That said, uh, it could still happen that we see one or two pick up seats. They're running in the classic blue ribbon um, liberal seats on the north shore of Sydney and some of them are, from what I'm being told, uh, polling quite well. Of course, it's always hard to know because you're only told the polling people want you to hear. But I do think they may well do okay and I think there's a chance that we see, you know, maybe one or two. We certainly, there's I think four, five backed by Climate 200. Obviously, that's Simon Holmes, a courts group certainly will not see that sort of replication that we saw, you know, from the federal election. But there is a chance that some, there may just be some um, sort of tiring of the, the government. The coalition has been in power in New South Wales now for 12 years. It's quite a long time for a state government. Uh, so, you know, I think there is a bit of that element of is it time for the government and that would probably help the Teals. What about the Greens? I mean, the Greens expanded their presence in the federal election in the Senate. Uh, you've got Sarah Hansen young Larissa Waters, Maureen Faruqi. Not all of those are from New South Wales, but my point is going to be there has traditionally been a strong showing of uh, Greens in federal politics. Uh, how, how is it tracking for New South Wales? Yeah, well, in the lower house in New South Wales, there are currently three Greens MPs. Two of those are, are up for real, are running again. One retired, but um, again, a strong Greens candidate is running in that seat. That's the inner city seat of Balmain. I would imagine three Greens would be re-elected in the lower house. Um, the same for the upper house is quite a strong um, Greens present in the upper per house. Um, and what will be very interesting for Labor is, of course, in the lower house, if they find themselves in the position of falling short of majority government and needing to rely on some crossbenchers, those three Greens, presumably all three get re-elected, will be critical to Labor if, if they want to form government with the help of crossbenchers. Alexandra Smith is the state political editor for the Sydney Morning Herald. She's here talking about the upcoming New South Wales state election. Uh, it's obviously just 24 days away. This outcome of a potential hung parliament, how much of a possibility are you reading into that? 
Well, as it's been already, um, New South Wales has had a hung parliament. Well, well the coalition has been governing in minority um, through two pretty unfortunate scandals, one being um, a corruption finding of a former Liberal MP who then had to go to the crossbench as an independent and another former Liberal MP who is facing sexual assault charges. They're still before the courts. So that tipped those two seats, which they only won in majority at the last election in 2019. They lost to those because those MPs went to the crossbench. Indeed, one of them was suspended from Parliament altogether. So the coalition has been governing in minority for some time. And I think what that shows is so already you've got the coalition behind in terms of a majority, so they will need to pick up seats in order to get over the line to, to not have a hung Parliament. Yet at the same time, it's a pretty big ask when you look at it mathematically for Labor. For them to get into majority, they will need to win nine seats, which is quite, you know, quite significant. Six seats and with those three Greens, as I mentioned, would get them there into minority, but it's a real chance in New South Wales. In fact, until these polls came out this week, I think pretty much everybody would say minority government is the most likely outcome. It just depends whether it goes the coalition's way or Labor's way. Obviously, in the start of this campaign, gambling reform um, really dominated the airtime and, you know, it sometimes provided as a, a sort of a wedge between the two uh, Labor and Liberal parties. But now it seems like cost of living is dominating the chat. In Western Sydney, you have a lot of toll roads. That's, uh, you know, certainly a stress for a lot of families in Western Sydney. A lot of the sweeteners the government is putting out is directed and localised for those areas. What do you see as the issues that are going to come to the fore for the remainder of the election campaign? Definitely cost of living. That is by far the most um, critical concern for voters. And in fact, I've just been writing a piece now that talks about that based on the polling we did. It's it's well ahead. It's 50% of voters raised cost of living as their main concern. Um, then you've also got the other you know, usual state-based issues, health services, education, and still quite interestingly, I thought, um, even though, as I said, New South Wales has been quite strong on climate change, that was that is still quite a big issue for voters. It was identified as lowering emissions and climate change is, is one of the sort of top four or five issues that voters will consider when they go to the election. But as you say, problem gambling and tackling um, gambling reform is quite low down in their issues of concern. It's kind of one of those things, it's a nice to have, you know, people really believe in it. And there's huge support for overhauling the gambling system and introducing a cashless gaming card for poker machines in New South Wales. But it's not an everyday issue that that impacts on families, particularly in Western Sydney, who are doing it really tough with rising living costs. So while I think what it served to do was probably elevate Dominic Perrottet's profile because he really pushed it and had a lot of support from a wide range of groups, I think it isn't going to be an election issue. It's not going to move any votes. But I think, as I said, it had the impact to, of giving Dominic Perrottet a little edge over Chris Minns because, of course, as you said, Chris Minns didn't want to buy into the debate. Uh, he sort of was dragged kicking and screaming to the party with a with a policy which falls quite short of what the government has proposed. But um, it'll be interesting to see what Labor would do in, in government if they were to win um, around problem gambling because, as I said, there's a lot of support 
for significant overhaul of of poker machines here because we have so many of them, unlike the rest of the country. So, so many, yeah. It is uh, hard to walk into a pub in New South Wales without uh, standing next to a pokey machine. We'll uh, look out for your piece tomorrow. Alexandra Smith is the state political editor for the Sydney Morning Herald. Appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks, Andy. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.